I've always believed typically you're, you're, you're seeing at least four, you know, four forwards and a defenseman uh, on the power play. So I've always felt that you know the majority of the plays should go through those four forwards. So they're, they're just typically more comfortable around the net. Um, they want the puck around the net. They're high-end guys that that need the puck around the net. That's you know drives a lot of their uh, their offense. They can spill into five-on-five. Five. So that's the first thing we've always tried to do is run our. I mean, every power play has options, so we want our options to be closer to the net, as close to the net as possible. Don't call it a comeback. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses, I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. It's just embarrassing. I don't know why the high voice ever. What's out. happened? Like the last couple of weeks, you've been like randomly critiquing your own voice during yeah. our rejoins. It's just it's embarrassing. I, mean, I don't know what happened. This is the press box. He's just doing his own self critique. He's just listening to these rejoins, oh, disgusted in his own voice. Apparently, yeah. the only thing I'm not disgusted is whacking that thing around because it is me with Grady and Bischoff. He literally, it's the exact same. It's, it's, it's the exact mimicking. same. Ed was a was an actor at one point. He can mimic voices. <laughs> Child actor. On ESPN Las Vegas. Whacking that thing around. Not that good of an actor. I would have gotten a lot more parts and not been sitting here at 7 every morning. <laughs> but if I been a better actor, I wouldn't have been able to have to wake up so early for this show. <laughs> Do you regret your acting skills from when you were nine years old? I regret they weren't good. <laughs> could have could have had a uh, much more substantial existence, I think. How is acting as a nine-year-old? It was all right. It was all right. I mean, you know, you went to auditions and you're in plays and all that but uh yeah it was fun. wait i don't know the the answer as to why you were into acting as a kid did you like want to do that or were your parents like oh we gotta uh, get him we had like a playhouse in laguna beach where they had uh you know like plays for kids and i think at one point my mom just put me in one because she wanted me out of the house so I either did sports or that and so I did both at the same time and I had three older sisters I was on Q's show yesterday and I told them about like why I got into sports he was talking about Father's Day and fathers and sons and sports and everything and I said literally because I had three older sisters who wanted nothing to do with me so they're like we got to find something for this kid to do so they put me in sports and then she put me in plays as well so yeah that's really the only reason why just get out of the house yeah get out of the house they did i was just out of here non-existent you think about three older sisters who were kind of beach kids and that's all they wanted to do and they just wanted nothing to do with me at oh all. poor ed yes yes poor yes ed. yes it was a terrible existence at Laguna three beach. older sisters does sound kind of rough <laughs> oh they're nice people <laughs> They're nice people. Isn't that what everybody says about their siblings? Yeah, exactly. They're nice people. They're nice people. Yeah. I mean, what siblings do you had? Brothers and sisters. Older brother, older sister, younger sister. Yeah. Eh, they're not that nice. <laughs> to this day? One of them's nice. Really? The other what two. A, eh, what whatever. a shock that you don't like all eh, of them. Whatever. I'll see them all next month. We're all going back to Mississippi. Oh, is that right? Yeah. My my sister's got a like two-year-old baby I've never met. Is that the week we're all off? I think so. Yeah. July. Sometime next month. I don't know. I'm going on a bunch of vacations. You're, uh, like you're out of here tomorrow. I'm leaving tomorrow to go to Mexico. 
going to Washington, D.C. at some point next month and also to Mississippi. Family reunion? In, yeah, in Mississippi, unfortunately. With the mom and the farm? Yep, with the mom. We're not, we're not all staying there, I was but say, he close looks very excited. What do you mean, unfortunately? I mean, of all the trips I'm going on this summer, it's the one I'm looking the least forward to. Well, Mexico, yes, and I know where you're going there. That'll be fun. And then Washington, D.C. is always a cool place to go. And so. then Jackson, Mississippi. Not even Jackson, Mississippi. She lives in the middle of nowhere outside of Jackson. I don't even remember what the name of the city she moved to I is. couldn't even... I know I've heard of Jackson, Mississippi, but any towns around there, there's no chance I would know anything about that. Do you know where Laurel, Mississippi is? Yeah. Okay. Is My, that where that show is? You The yeah, house yes, flippers or yes, whatever? Yes. Did you, did, it's because I told you, you knew about it. Well, I know where it is from living there, but you've, you've brought it up before. Okay. Whatever guys live in Laurel and redecorate the entire city. It's not yes. that big. I don't know how they keep doing a TV show. So. I was going to say, how many houses are in Laurel? <laughs> because I think they've redone each they, one. They must have only have like two seasons worth of houses <laughs> to do. Like after that, I don't know what they're doing. The First Bite. How many years will the Golden Knights championship window be open? So I looked at all the uh, ages you have here of the players, and the first thing I thought of, I thought I was going to say longer, but is it weird to kind of compare this window to the Raiders? Because we say the Raiders have like a three-year window, right? This is what yeah. they're kind of building for. So when I looked at all the ages, I'm like, uh, maybe three, depending on who they keep. So the reason I ask this question is because if you look at the Colorado Avalanche, they're like best and highest paid players. Like Miko Rantanen's 25. Nathan McKinnon's still 26, even though I think that guy's been in the league for a decade already, right? Like... JT Comfer's 27, Logan Connor's 25, Kale McCarr's 23, Samuel Girard is 24. Um, pretty much their entire team outside of Eric Johnson that's paid a significant amount of money is under the age of 30. Like Gabriel Landeskog is the old guy on that team and he's 29. So the Colorado Avalanche, from an age standpoint, are set up very well. Now, they have 10 unrestricted free agents after this season. And McKinnon's ends. still only making, I say only, but I think he's only making eight. Uh, he's at 6.3 with, yeah, six one, with well, one more year on his deal. He's getting a bump. Right. But, like, they have a lot of unrestricted free agents, so they've got to either re-sign these guys or add some more players to keep it going. But Colorado looks like they set up very well for more than three years to be a legitimate contender. Sure. For the Stanley Cup. And then you sort of tie that into where the Golden Knights stand. Here's your ages. These are these are all guys on the team making over $2 million. Alec Martinez is 34. Max Pacioretty's 33. Alex Petrangelo's 32. Jonathan Marshall's 31. Braden McNabb is 31. Mark Stone and Robin Leonard are 30. Carlson's 29. Stevenson, 28. Then you finally get to some youth. Shea Theodore's 26. Jack Eichel's 25. And Zach Whitecloud is 25. Those are all the guys making at least $2 million or more. Only three of them are under the age of 28. And if we're just looking at age right now, the question becomes, when does the drop-off hit for most of these guys? And it'll be different for different players, right? Some yeah, of these guys yeah. might hit 31 and just be done. Some, Some of might these hit guys, 37 and still right. be okay. And so it'll be different for all these guys. But like you, you start looking into the future. How many more good years of Alec Martinez, who's already 34, are you going to get, right? He had an injury, missed a big chunk of the season, right? How many more are you going to get? The bigger questions are probably guys like Alex Petrangelo, who's already 32, under contract for a long time. Mark Stone's 30, which normally I would say shouldn't be that big of a deal, especially How a guy. How old is body? Especially a guy whose game's not based on skill, but 
coming off a of back surgery? Like, right. are you getting five more years of good Mark Stone or are you going to get one or two and then back problems take over? So I think there's a lot of questions age-wise as to legitimately how long this team is going to last. And then if you look at like how long the contracts are for these guys, uh, Patch Reddy's got one more year. Marcia So Stevenson and Martinez have two more. Leonard, Theodore, McNabb have three more. And then the long-term guys, Eichel has four more. Stone Carlson, Petrangelo have five. And then Zach Whitecloud has six, who just signed his uh, deal most recently. When I kind of look at that, I agree with you. I think we're looking at a three-year window. Because if you look at uh, if you look at this upcoming season, and we'll see what moves they make, but they should be a contender, right? I don't think there's yes. any question they're a contender yes. going into next season. I guess they could technically blow it up, but that seems highly unlikely. But even if, like, hypothetically, they trade away Max Pacioretty, they're still a contender, right? They're not, one player getting moved is not going to change that. Then you look ahead to 23-24, the only significant player they lose to free agency is Max Pacioretty, right? And outside of Alec Martinez, everybody else in sort of that core group is still under the age of 33. Now, again, with, you know, does Mark Stone fall off because of back problems? That certainly stuff like that's possible. But the next two years, I think, are, are definite contender levels. You get to the 2024-25 season, right? They will lose from the current roster, Patch Reddy, Marcia So, Chandler Stevenson, and Braden McNabb. But they'll still have Stone, Eichel, Petrangelo, Carlson, Leonard, Theodore McNabb, and White Cloud. So that's... Should be two good centers, a good winger in stone, two very good defensemen in Theodore. Not Petrangelo. sure about the goalie. We'll see what happens with Robin Leonard and how this long. year. Never yeah. mind in three years. Yeah, but they got Logan Thompson. They can keep right. him forever, right? So, but that's that's still a good base to build around if you're looking three years out. Obviously, they'll need to make some signings or whatever. But I think the current roster sets them up for three, mm-hmm. and then anything beyond that is going to be about what the front office does yeah. in the next three years. Anything beyond year three of this team being a contender is about what the front office uh, trades they can make guys. They draft with, well, they never play draft picks, so maybe not, but whatever moves they make in the next few years will determine if four five and six years from now, this team is still a contender. But what do they have left in terms of assets to make these kind of moves? And a lot of these guys make a lot of money and we know already what problems they've had with the salary cap. And so I think that's, that's the big issue when you try to see how long are the Golden Knights going to be competitive is they have blown through so many assets to build the team they currently have. Right. They have so since the expansion draft, the young players they've traded include Alex Tuck, Nick Suzuki, Peyton Krebs, Eric Brandstrom, Cody Glass. Now, not all of those guys worked out, but four of them were first round picks right. at one point. And they've traded away two other first round picks. And seven second round picks. Now they've gotten two second round picks in return. So that's a net loss of just five there. But that is a lot of assets that would normally be young players contributing that are gone, right? Like if we were talking about core and how long this team would be good, Alex Tuck would be one of the key guys that you're like, oh, Oh, yeah, he'll be good for another seven Seven, years or something like that. So that's when you're trying to figure out how long this team can be competitive. They've done a Good job. Well, they haven't won, so maybe we shouldn't say good job. But they've done, I'll still say good job, of adding star-proven star players. players. Yes, yeah, star-proven players. We'll see if the roster actually works to win anything. But they've done a good job of adding those players. But the cost has been assets or young players. And when you're trying to project into the future, it's hard to do so when uh, nobody's really under the age of 28 right now. 
But three years down the road, if the best they can do is the Western Conference Final, they're going to look back and, well, I never want to say those guys regret anything. They would never admit they regret anything. But uh, pers- uh, privately, they might regret a lot of this stuff if in three we- years, like you said, some of them are gone, some of them are older than their bodies You know, say they should be, and all of a sudden you've lost all these assets and you haven't done anything. I think if they were to have three legitimate runs – over the next three seasons, right? If they were to go to the Western Conference Finals a couple of times, and even if they don't win the Stanley Cup, I think you can look back and say, yeah, we didn't win the Cup, but like we were close. We had a chance. We gave ourselves a legitimate chance to do so. I think the problem will be if we look back and they miss the playoffs again or they're out in the first round a couple of times, then you look back and say, oh, we mortgaged the future and this team wasn't anywhere close. But if you're, I mean, if you're close, you might not look back on it and say, oh, we did a great job, but I don't think you're really going to be critical of, oh, you went all in and didn't get it if you have like three straight Western Conference Finals appearances. Because, yeah, you're here to win, and maybe there's a roster flaw that keeps them from getting there. But, like, if you're one of the last four teams playing over and over, you did a good job as a front office. Like, you, you didn't do a bad job. So that's, I think, is the curious part for this team, though, is how long that window actually is going to be. And the lack of youth they have is going to play a big factor into how many years they're actually competitive. And I think the other question, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, are they a Stanley Cup contender next year or are they just a playoff contender? I think at this point they're a playoff contender. Because that's the other part of this. Are they a team that just, yeah, you make the playoffs, but you can't beat Colorado or whoever else is the number one team in the West. Like, that's the other part here. They might just simply be a playoff team for the next three years without a legitimate chance to win the Stanley Cup, which that would not be worth it to go no, to, have but, all uh, to have gone all in right. like this. And right now, I, I think I agree with you. Like we're going to have to see it in the regular season before we can really say this team yeah. can win the Stanley cup. There's high level talent. And if it all plays to sort of its ceiling, absolutely they can, but they were all hurt most of last year. Right. So at some point we've got to actually see it before we can say that. So that would be worst case is if they just, make the playoffs, lose in the first round for the next three years, and then everybody's old and gone. It's scary how young Colorado is. It is. It's I incredible. Mean, if they if they win it this year, then it all becomes about, like, how motivated are they? Yeah. You start winning, like, you know, Tampa's played a lot of hockey in the last few years. We're kinda, I think we're kind of seeing that, and Cooper even said that. You start winning two or three straight, and you've, you know, you get, what, two or three weeks off, a month off, and all of a sudden you're back into it, which everyone would take that that reality. But with Colorado, they start winning cups. It might be, you know, how motivated are you? Because they're going to be so good for so long. I can't believe McKinnon's 26. Yeah. The guy's been in the league for a decade, hasn't he? It's it's incredible that he's 26. They're, they're it's incredible they only young. make $6 million. <laughs> it's a pretty good contract. Yeah, it's a pretty good contract. All right, coming up next, are the Raiders going to sign and Dominican Sue? You know, the funny thing is... You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. That was Ndamukong Sue, a free agent, on NFL Live yesterday. He said that the Bucks are likely out, out of the picture, to re-sign him, uh, which means he'd be going to a new team. He also tweeted this morning... Raiders could be fun. So Indomitian Sue, uh, very much so, stirring up Raiders fans. Yes, he's stirring it up, isn't he? Stirring the pot. Yeah, making them think that he's coming. Uh, You think they signed Indomitian Sue? No, I don't know. Uh, I guess it'd have to be a lot of factors here. He made the last two contracts with Tampa were, I think, $8.5 million and $9 million. 
So I guess you'd have to tell me what he'd want to sign. He's 35 years old. The one thing about this guy I didn't realize until I looked it up yesterday, he's, I think it's 191 games out of 193, if that's correct. I mean, he's he barely misses games. He hasn't missed a game in, in years, so he's pretty durable, but he's still 35 years old, right? He's still, yeah, he's 35. He's still 35 years old, so I don't know what he has left. Uh, started every game last year, had six sacks. Um, I'm not surprised. I guess I'm not surprised Chandler Jones and Max Crosby is at least reach out to him if they think he's, you know, better what they have inside and they're on the outside. But, um, I don't know. I, when someone goes out of his way to continue mentioning one team, he usually goes to another. Right. I, <laughs> in, so in Dominican Sue getting asked on, cause we heard the sound there. He got asked on ESPN. What do you think about the Raiders? He also got asked about the chargers as well. I don't put a lot into that, but when he tweets out Raiders could be fun, I feel like that makes him less likely to come to the Raiders. I feel like that means, because in all seriousness, if he was talking to the Raiders right now or had been before he went on ESPN yesterday, he probably doesn't say anything about the Raiders, right? right? He probably is, is, doesn't tweet anything about it and he's just working on signing a contract with them. But Raiders could be fun, him tweeting that, makes me think, oh, he hasn't even talked to the Raiders and he's just trying to get their attention and say, hey, I want to come play for you guys. Please talk to me. Uh, So this makes me think he's less likely to play for the Raiders than I did two days ago when I didn't think he was playing for the Raiders anyways. I don't, I, and is he, is he tweeting this out because he's already negotiating or is he more apt to sign with another team? So he's tweeting this out. So they see that. Maybe that'd be a funny one. He's he like, if he's, he's talking he's, to like the chargers and, yeah, and he's trying to use this as leverage, yeah, so he wants like, like yeah. 10 million. The chargers offered him five yeah. and he's like, well, the Raiders would be really fun. Go and and it's in your same division. Yeah, go to the Raiders. And then I'm the one sacking Justin Herbert a couple I mean, times a year. He was asked specifically about the Raiders. Yes. So I think he's going to answer the question. Right. I mean, he's not going to say no comment. Then people are like, Oh wait, no comment. Maybe you are signing with them. So he was going to answer it. Um, I what do you say the if you get out of the AFC West you're going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, maybe. All right. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see, you know. I don't know if it's that guaranteed. <laughs> Bills aren't any good. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Irrelevant. Um wouldn't Dominican Sue make a difference? I don't know. Like I said he's 35 years old and he does play every game. Who do they have inside? Hankins? They have 37 defensive tackles. Well, they have 37 defensive tackles. We're not sure if any of them are actually good at football, though, is the issue there. So here's the thing with Ndamukong Sue. His uh, 35 years old, his pro football focus grade last year was 49.5, which is the worst of his career. Uh, The worst and like wouldn't even even the Raiders defense is going to have better defensive tackles than a 49.5 pro football focus grade. So the question is, do you believe that he can have a better season than he had last year at age 35 because he's playing next to Chandler Jones and Max Crosby or because Patrick Graham and their defensive scheme make him better? That I don't know. And if you're the Raiders and you, they have roughly $20 million in cap space right now, is that where you need to spend money? Like if you're going to spend money, money, I think that's another, right. If you're going to give him eight, nine, $10 million. Is that the best right. place to be spending it? Because you have other options at defensive tackle. None of them have the name power or the career that Ndamukong Sue has, but that's not really important because what's important is how good you are in 2022. Right. And who knows? I mean, is Jonathan Hankins going to be better than Ndamukong Sue in 2022? Nichols. It's possible. Like, it's certainly possible that they are. So if I were the Raiders, 
It's the same thing that we've been saying since January or February. They, if they're going to spend some money, it should be on offensive, offensive line. line. Yeah, like that's that's a much more important place to right. spend money right now than defensive tackle and Indomitian Sue. But if for whatever reason they're convinced that the offensive line is good, that they don't need to add anybody, then I don't have a big problem with them signing Indomitian Sue. I mean, it's better. I w- it's better for them to sign Indomitian Sue, even if they overpay him, than to just not use twenty million dollars in cap space for this season. Like, it's, oh, you, I agree with that. If you're not, I right. wouldn't just keep the money. If you're signing him, if no. guys do a one year deal, so there's yeah, no, he does. He's he was on one year deals right. with Tampa. You're not hurting your cap in the future or anything right. like that. If you're signing guys on one year deals, like th- if they go into the season with twenty million in cap space, I probably look around and say, well, that's kind of stupid, right. guys. Like, what are you what are you doing? You're trying to win this year, obviously. Go go overpay for somebody that's out there. And if they decide the offensive line is fine. Then sure, and Dominican Sue at defensive tackle, like that's not a position where they have proven guys there. They just like, have a lot of guys. Yeah, they got like sixteen of them. But go get Dominican Sue, and he might be pay the him best eight nine million tackle. with Tampa Bay paid him. Yeah, I mean if if they're not going to spend it somewhere else, they might as well. Like I wouldn't have a problem with that at this point because you got you should just be spending the money to get to the cap. If they guarantee Waller his money for this year, that counts, right? I don't think if if they just simply if walked just in simply and guaranteed said, we're guarantee the money, the next two I don't years. think that would change the cap hit at all. Okay. If they just guaranteed he's his owed current seven contract. over the next two years, yeah. each of the next two years, but I don't think any of it's guaranteed. Yeah, but if they ripped it up or restructured it, right, then and gave him they, 15 this right. year, then that's going to count. If they did that, technically they could push it all back and they could even have a smaller cap hit for Darren Waller because they could just be like, yeah, here's a big signing bonus. And you get like $2 for your salary right. this year. And then his cap hit would be like 16 bucks. So they right. could make it smaller actually too. But if they just, I, I don't know. I, I assume if they just walk in and say, Hey, it's whatever you have right now for this season is fully guaranteed. I don't think that would change the cap number for this season. Okay. I think it would stay the same. So there's not like on the roster. Now that they've got Renfro done, there's not really many guys or places you look to and say, yeah, that's a guy they need to extend to. And that, no, I think the Waller's the one thing everyone's waiting for. Yeah. To see otherwise, what they want to do with him. Otherwise, I don't, I don't even know who else you'd even do that for. I can't even think of a guy like there's nobody else no. that needs an, everybody, everybody that needed a new contract or potentially one, needed Waller. one has already gotten it right. except Waller. So he'd be the only one unless they want to make Daniel Carlson even more higher paid as a kicker <laughs> or something like that. All right. Coming up next, David Roth joins the show. We're happy to talk to him. He just seems happy to talk to anyone. David Roth from The Defector is with us on the Press Box. Subscribe to The Distraction on Stitcher and use the promo code DISTRACT for a free month of Stitcher Premium. Uh, David, before we get to anything else, I'm going to need you to explain a tweet you sent out. I was on the train Monday when grayish, mysterious water dripped out of the ceiling and onto my arm. I moved, and when someone tried to sit in my seat at the next stop, the way I advised them not to was by saying I wouldn't, pointing up there, and then roof juice, still thinking on that. Um, What was falling out of the ceiling here? Well, I don't see how that's important. I mean, you know, it's a mystery liquid of some kind. New York City, man. Sometimes you're going to have uh, some weirdly cloudy, grayish water <laughs> land disgustingly on your arm, and then you're just going to have to deal with it. Uh, I really have no idea. It was dripping out of both sides, and me and the dude that was sitting across from me had like a brief sort of moment of bonding, I think, because we both got splashed and kind of 
like one of those strange, unwarranted moments of eye contact. We were both like, that was incredibly disgusting, right? Did you also have a really bad experience with that just now? And then we just slid over and went back to doing what we were doing. Uh, it was gross. It kind of took me back. <laughs> it's been a minute since I encountered a mystery liquid on the subway. Kind of seems like an, uh, every every day that ends in Y. Yeah. I mean, it's just like one of those uh, things that, that, you know, you can prepare yourself for. But then I think I got out of shape because I didn't, like, take the train for, like, a year. And even now I'm not back up to, like, normal volumes of uh, commuting. So maybe maybe uh, in the past I wouldn't even have blinked when some roof juice went on me. But I'm still <laughs> I'm back to square one now. Is roof juice a common phrase? Because if you said that to me, I'd be so confused trying to figure out what you said that more roof juice would land on me. No, that's why I bothered posting it. I have no idea where that came from. I've for sure <laughs> never said it before. Uh, I don't think I'd ever thought it before. I, I think that the person understood what I was saying, but also like I like pointed at the ground and I was like, "That's gross," you know. But at the same time, like I, you know, I can't exactly call it. I worked a normal day in the office. I had two beers in a bar with some people and then that was apparently like where my brain was after uh exactly 32 ounces of pilsner was just making up new phrases for gross things i don't know i guess it's good like cause I, I did remember those are both words that if you put them together like obviously it did the trick like people were like all right that sounds disgusting uh we have another new yorker on our show on a regular basis charles mcdonald he told us a story that he uh once forgot his phone on the subway and actually got it back. Uh, wow. Some uh, it, He said it was a homeless guy, somehow had his phone. He had to go like 30 blocks away from where he lived, but he got it back. The guy, he talked to the guy on the phone and said, yeah, come meet me here. And when he got there, he actually got the phone back. That's incredible. That honestly is like, if you were told me that the events of like uh, Miracle on 34th Street were real, I would have an easier time believing that. <laughs> and I left my phone on the subway and a man returned it to me. That's great. All right. NBA question for you. Kyrie Irving, he apparently doesn't want to play in Brooklyn. Would you trade? Like, what's the scenario that you would say, yes, I want Kyrie Irving on my team? I mean, this is, the, I guess, like the thing that is weirdest about this is that the situation he's in right now is supposed to be the best situation that he could be in. Like, because he's very, you know, very close friends with Kevin Durant. They like respect each other. They give each other space. He has, you know, whatever, as much time with the ball in his hands as he needs. The fact that it's still not working makes me wonder where he could possibly go. I saw the, you know, when this first was getting, um, you know, rumored around um, in, Shams Sharania language yesterday. There was the teams that were instantly attached were, of course, the Knicks and the Lakers. I think that that's just like a, a reflex at this point. Him going to the Lakers, like with all of the issues that they have personality wise, to me is like, it's funny, but it also has a kind of a like, you know, book of revelations, like breaking a seal and being like, and lo, I saw that Russell Westbrook was traded for Kevin, for Kyrie Irving or whatever. It doesn't feel uh, like a good idea, but it's the funniest possible thing to me. Like him going out there, getting like really into uh, like the weirdest possible California things, like just playing while wearing a crystal that he got from someplace in Venice. <laughs> and then also just, you know, whatever, constantly being like, I can't, I have a whey allergy now or something, you know, just like making up some food stuff, Hollywood style. That I think is a good fit. Basketball wise. I have no idea. I mean, he's, he's still so good. 
And I think that the Nets would have been a lot better if he had been on the floor all year. Also, though, like, you know, I don't know what you can count on from him. I don't know what you can count on in terms of him wanting to play. I think, like, the effort level on defense last year was, like, Westbrookian in the worst possible ways. Like, I don't know, you know, who would trade for him. And certainly I don't know, like, who would trade for him in terms of, like, teams that he'd actually want to play for. You know, like, I'm sure the Pacers would give it a shot, but he's not going to Indiana. And who would pay for him and give him the max contract that he said yesterday he wants? Right. I mean, that's exactly. Like, would you? It's not a question of, like, his ability, obviously. It's just, you know, the beyond the, like, you know, how available is he going to be? Like, leaving aside the, you know, the vaccination stuff and, and COVID and all that, because it's like, first of all, it's depressing, and second of all, none of us really know anything about it. Like, there's just not a sense to me that he wants to play 82 regular season games and a full slate of playoff games, which is fine. I probably wouldn't want to do it either. It's just you can't pay a max contract for a guy that is going to give you whichever 45 games of the regular season he feels like giving you and nothing else. In my opinion, I don't think you can. Has there been a worse super team assembled than Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie Irving? It's the funniest. I mean, it was it was funny, too, because, like, they – I think we talked about this at the start of the playoffs, and like I don't think it was totally, you know, obviously Harden was gone by then, but there was always a sense to me that like it kind of could have happened if they were all, you know, pulling in the same direction. But like in retrospect, no. When you go back and look at it, like it's the the funniest possible attempt at it because it's none of those guys are really into it. I mean, Durant was, but the rest of them were all kind of just like on their own. You know, James Harden is is. Absolutely, on a uh, a journey of self discovery, and Kyrie Irving is on some sort of. It's like when uh, when Homer ate the super hot chili pepper in The Simpsons, and he's just being guided around by a wolf with Johnny Cash's voice. Like these guys are not interested in playing basketball at a very high level at this point. Um, yeah, and so I don't know what you could possibly do with it. I do feel like you know uh, Ben Simmons, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant definitely has the same sort of comic potential. Maybe they should try to uh, convince Kyrie Irving that this is his chance to make history by like being on the two most dysfunctional, notional super teams ever assembled. I wanted to ask you this because this happened this morning. Uh, Brooks Kepka is the latest to go to LIV. Uh, yeah. Is this just going to keep happening? I mean, are they just going to keep chasing the money? I mean, Brooks Kepka, Kepka recently hasn't been the most motivated golfer, it seems. Last week he's ripping reporters for asking in the LIV, and then all of a sudden he goes there. Do you think once a week we're just going to see these guys jumping out because of the money? I mean, it, it kind of feels like it, right? I mean, I'm surprised that he, I mean, if he just went there just to bother Bryson DeChambeau, that would also be on brand for yes. him. Like, which I, and I respect that. If, it's, if you're so dedicated to the troll game that you're like, you can't stand that this guy is maybe going to be happy without you bothering him on the other tour. Uh, I don't. No, I mean, I to me, like I've, I wrote a little bit about this, and it's like it's always hard to to kind of bet against a bottomless amount of money. But the thing that I think you know <laughs> the PGA Tour has going for it relative to LIV is that LIV seems like it sucks. Like it's just not like that's not the sort of thing that as a young golfer you grow up wanting to do. You don't want to play a fifty-four hole tournament. You want to play a seventy-two hole tournament, and you want to play it at like. You know, nobody cares about the random events of the PGA Tour. And the one thing that LIV seems to have going for it is that it's less of a grind. It's way fewer events and less travel, and obviously it's more money. But I don't think, I mean, it's not on TV. You know, right. like it's not right. the sort of thing that I feel like has really 
captured anyone's imagination there. You know, as well it might not. Like, nobody wants to be a part of helping some petrostate whitewash its crimes, you know, and then you also get to play golf every three weeks. Like, the money, I'm sure, is important. And, you know, the thing with, like, I think with pro golfers, with a lot of pro athletes, is that, like, there's a thing in their brain that maybe isn't in our brain or in normal people's brains where it's just so important that the number continue to go up, whatever that number is, that you have to accumulate more. If that is what it takes, then, yeah, it's hard to bet against them, especially because it doesn't seem like the PGA Tour really has an answer for it at this point beyond, you know, pointing out that it sucks or, you know, saying that it's not real. Well, but and, it, and, it does feel like they ought to figure something out. And to your point, Dustin Johnson, it was laughable that he, he's made $70 million, I think, in career earnings. It has nothing to do with sponsorships. That's his career earnings. So who knows how much he has. And he, he leaves and he says, I'm doing what's best for my family. You're married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter, dude. You could retire tomorrow. And be I mean, fine. I don't, I don't, yes. I mean, like, that's the point. You don't even have to have played professional golf. Like, if you were just a guy who likes being on boats, you're set for the rest of your life. So the idea that that part of it, too, I mean, it's funny because there's, there's hardly anyone on Earth, I think, that's, like, less well-equipped to answer a complicated question about, like, geopolitics than, like, Charles Schwarzel, you know, just, like, some, like, <laughs> European golf tour guy that's, like, never had to have a thought like that, which is, you know, it's a blessing to be able to do that. If you're good enough at golf, you don't have to worry about anything that's happening in the world. But watching all those guys kind of struggle with this and talk about it, like, you know, the way that they talk about Saudi Arabia, like, kidnapping, torturing, and murdering a dissident journalist is by talking about it like they had you know, like a meltdown at, um, you know, TPC Sawgrass. And they're like, well, you know, they, they got to come back from that. You know, like this is everybody <laughs> makes mistakes, but, you know, it's what you do. How uh, many times you fall down, it's how many times you get up and all that. It's just like you can feel <laughs> that there isn't the language or the moral sort of sense that is necessary to understand why this is so messed up. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, hard to bet against. I just hear on the LIV tour, there's no roof juice leaking on these guys, so that's why they're no. going. Oh yeah, well you got That's that's what you're paying for there. That's yeah. the luxury when you can travel, knowing that uh, no water with like small amounts of mysterious gray flecks in it is going to land on you. Yeah, obviously that plus two hundred million dollars makes the decision a lot easier. Well, he's David Roth from Defector. David, <laughs> as always, we appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, David. Thanks, guys. Have a good day. You too. <sighs> roof juice sounds sounds even grosser than whatever's coming out of the actual roof. Now, what do you think is worse, that mysterious roof juice or when the fans at FedEx Field are sitting there and just a whole bunch of uh, sewer stuff just falls on them? Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go sewer. Probably the sewer. I'm going to go sewer. Sounds gross. Depends what the roof juice is made out of. Roof juice might just be like oil or something. Hopefully. It could also be New York sewage. It could. Coming up next, maybe that's why Kyrie Irving wants out at Brooklyn. I just want to say thank you all, and as always, f- everybody else. I love y'all. I told y'all, don't let us win a f- championship, and clearly nobody could stop it. Um, I warned y'all, so I'm just going to continue to destroy people on Twitter as I have been. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Sham Sharney reported yesterday that Kyrie Irving and the Nets are at an impasse. Uh, Kyrie's got a player option for this upcoming season. It's uh, $36.9 million. He must opt in by June 29th, so a little bit more than a week away. 
We also had this detail from Stephen A. Smith yesterday, where Stephen A. Smith said, did you know that this brother Kyrie Irving last season would conduct his own practices? So when Steve Nash had the team on the floor and they practiced, they would finish and he'd go and get five guys and conduct his own practice. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's if awesome. Okay. It's great. If you're one of his teammates, what other five guys or four guys are walking out there to practice? Well, especially after you just got finished right. with one. If I'm one of his teammates, I'm like, you, you want to do what, Kyrie? We just practiced for two hours. You want to do what? No, I'm done. I'm going home. I got I got stuff to do. I'm not hanging Bench out with guys. you. Bench guys who feel they need to get better? I don't know. I don't think KD was there. I, I would surprise if KD said, yeah, I'm going to have another practice. No wonder James Harden wanted out. He kept getting asked to go to another practice after Could practice. Could have been in better shape. <laughs> so are we, okay, do we just believe this is simply Kyrie Irving wants a long-term contract and the Nets are not willing to give it to him, so the, Kyrie's going to try to either force his way out or force the Nets to give him a long-term contract? Yeah, and I think it's also because he's always looking for something better in his own mind. He's always looking for the next best thing in his own mind. But I think it's mostly the, but I think it's mostly the contract. He wants a max deal. So the question you asked David, does anybody give him that? I wouldn't. I, I mean, look at some of the, you know, give the teams that he's interested in or supposedly are interested in him, Lakers, Clippers, Knicks. You're going to give him a max deal? He is 30 years old and really good at basketball. There's every reason to think that somebody as good as Kyrie Irving is at 30 should get a five-year max deal or whatever that uh, year amount is. But I just, I can't imagine being an NBA team thinking that I'm going to contend for a championship at any point in the future and giving Kyrie Irving more than like a one or two year deal. If everything was normal, I'd agree with you in right. terms of the max. But like, I, if I'm a team, I cannot give yeah. Kyrie Irving a five year no. deal. I cannot do it because you're going to put, you're going to put yourself most likely in a brutal situation at some point in those four or five yeah. years or whatever it is. I mean, he wants out of every team he goes to. Yeah. He, like he's always point, looking for the next thing. He wants out. And so I just, I cannot imagine doing that. Now, I think there might be one exception to that. If the Lakers were able to move on from Russell Westbrook, if I'm the Lakers, I say, fine, I'm in. You'd give them the five years? Yeah, if, if that's what it took. If, if, if you knew, hey, you can move Westbrook, you're going to get Kyrie Irving, but you have to give Kyrie a five-year max deal or whatever that you is that he wants. Him. I think I would do it because I do not believe the Lakers are going to win an NBA title with Russell Westbrook. with Russell Westbrook on the roster. If Kyrie Irving's on that roster, I think they have a significantly better chance to win the championship. And granted, Anthony Davis seems to be hurt a lot. LeBron James is older and has been hurt a more frequently recently, and who knows if Kyrie Irving's going to play. So there's a lot of questions for those three. a lot three. of questions for the top three. But if those three were all on the team at the same time in the postseason, that's probably one of the two or three favorites to win the title. So if I were the Lakers, that would be, I think, the one team with a legitimate sort of title chance that should go after it. But again, that's if you're able to move off Who's of Russell Who's going to move Westbrook. on to Russell Westbrook? And that's the other problem here. The... 
the reports have been like the Lakers trying to trade Westbrook during this offseason. The reports have been, well, nobody wants him unless the Lakers are giving up an asset. Right. And the Lakers, Mark Stein reported the Lakers don't want to give up an asset. And they don't even really have assets, to well, be honest. I was going to say, what are they going to give up? Right. They traded all their first-round picks until yeah. 2027, I think it There's is. There's no one else beyond the top players in that team I would consider a great asset. So unless Brooklyn said, Kyrie's, this is miserable with Kyrie. We've got to get out of Kyrie. Sure, give us Russell Westbrook. We'll try to make it work with him. If I'm the Lakers, I'd sign up for that immediately. But like Sham Sharnia mentioned the Clippers as a possible team. I wouldn't do that if I was the Clippers. I would not trade for Kyrie Irving because they're, if Kawhi plays, they're a title contender without, without Kyrie Irving. They don't exactly. need Kyrie to be a title contender. Right. So if I'm the Clippers, I'm saying, no, thank you. We'll we'll figure something else out, but no, thank you. But the Lakers, yeah, move on from Russell Westbrook. I think, I think you do that and give him the max deal or whatever he wants. I think that's worth doing. Be fun. Kyrie LeBron and Anthony Davis in LA never play together.